Hi, my name is Cole. I am feeling encouraged about my running life right now. What's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of The Running Brunch. I'm Peter Cunningham, here with my best friend, Ben Ledbetter. Ooh, two weeks in a row, best friend. Two weeks in a row. You've you've performed really well. Yes. Uh, I haven't told you this before, but it's all performance-based friendship. Oh, wow. Ben, I feel like it's been a bit since we've kind of talked about just uh, our current status in the in our running lives. Uh, You are training for a half marathon right now? Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. In the, kind of in the, where I guess... My calendar says 13 weeks started today, so uh, we're, there's one that's kind of scheduled for the start of June um, that's just going to be an up and down on the Greenway here in Rogers. Uh, it's where I run most of my stuff from my house, and so I thought, you know what? Uh, it's going to be a little bit mentally easier than running a course I don't know. Um, so I'm uh, getting in like good miles. I'm trying to be a little bit more relaxed on my expectations. I realize that I get really stressed and don't enjoy running as much. Um, if I am do, being too stingent on hitting my, my weekly mileage, like the goal is still always like try to get 60 plus or 70 plus. Um, but I'm kind of a lot more okay with just getting like forties if I need to fifties, if I need to. And, um, the training plan I'm using right now is like mid forties, uh, low fifties. And so if I do the bare minimum, like, Hey, I did it. It's good. The workouts are solid. Um, and I feel like I've got a good enough base now that, um, obviously it's miles are great. And so, uh, getting more in is always good, but, um, it's not as big of a deal if I'm only running 40 or 50, but, uh, so to add on to it, I just stack more in the easy days or stack more in the warm up cool down. Um, but it's going, it's going really well. Yeah. Yeah, I and realize you, I, I asked that question as if I'm not also planning to right, do it with you. Right, right. Uh, I was like, it oh, is, no. Uh, you, you might not know this, but it still is my plan okay. and my goal to run that half with you. Um, I've had, I wouldn't even call them setbacks, but just a couple things, a little hiccups, uh, absolutely trashing my ankle uh, the last morning in Brookings, South Dakota. We were up there for indoor nationals. I was on a run with Benny. Uh, one of our runners at JBU, and uh, it was a little icy out, uh, but it was clear enough that uh, we were willing to go out, and I just hit a little icy patch, and in my attempts to catch myself, I kind of rolled, sprained something to my ankle, and uh, so I haven't done any running in about a, a week and some change, uh, but uh, but I've gotten to be on the the trainer, my bike trainer, a little bit, and I actually just rode in a hundred mile gravel race. Gross! Uh, just two days ago, Saturday in Stillwater, Oklahoma, and uh, and in Peter fashion, I decided to wreck my bike again, and uh, it was just coming around a corner too hot, and uh, laid the bike down, and so I've got some nice road rash and banged up my knee, and it whatnot, sounds like so. you're uh, you're just not good at cornering on your bike because it's it was Lake Fayetteville, <laughs> wet corner, corner, uh, going down a hill, corner, too tight corner, yeah, uh, this last one, corner, yeah, but if you think about it, uh, when it comes to wrecking your bike what else would it be that causes you to wreck your bike i guess a car cars uh i saw one guy randomly just go head over heels yeah Uh, you're right uh, little children throwing sticks in your spokes yeah uh it's small animals diving into your spokes (laughs) how small uh anywhere between the size of a mouse to the small trash panda okay Um, Um, a, a, a random seagull hitting you in the helmet 
Yeah. Owl attacks? Yes, owl attacks. I could for go sure. on and on. Yeah. Do you want to? No. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, a car I feel coming like out of the nowhere? I like to think that I'm good at handling corners. I I think that I've won probably hit that one way too confidently. Okay, okay. And also hit the corner as if I was at the front of the race, which I was not. Uh, I, I hit that corner as if I was needing to save time and, and cross a gap to people in front of me. I was well back in the, the pack of the race that it was unnecessary to be pushing. Did you at least take people down with you? <laughs> no, but uh, as, I, as I looked up to start gathering myself, I realized that there were already two other guys there that had fallen moments before I got there. <laughs> and so we were all trying to assess our injuries and going like, is this a bad enough injury to call it quits? It was 25 miles in, and I very swiftly decided, no, I can keep on going, but I kind of had to gather myself. And there were many other moments throughout the race where I questioned whether or not I wanted to continue. And so uh, I feel like I take uh, a little bit of pride in the fact that I, I stayed in the pain cave for about uh, five hours and Whoa. still and still finished that race. Gross. So lots of cramps, uh, still figuring out how to fuel well, uh, in, in long runs and long rides. So, uh, all that being said, uh, here, here soon within the next week, I'll be able to get back on my feet and run. Uh, but if I'm being honest, there's, there's, uh, in the back of my mind, maybe even in the forefront of my mind, just, uh, fear, uh, from past injuries, just every time I add little bits of more miles, mm. my, my body uh, breaks down just a little bit. I I still intend on and want to give it a shot, but uh, just just being real that there's there's fear that my body can't handle it anymore as a 33-year-old. Yeah. Um, I mean, the great thing is you you only really signed up for the first like eight miles. You don't even need point. to do the full, you don't even need to do the full half. I plan on pacing you for yeah. as long as my body lets me. And so, then, and then if I can finish it after yeah. those eight miles, game on. If not, you're, you're only so far away. Like you could just, we could just stash a bike on the greenway Yeah. and then you could just hop on the... Ooh, you could just hop on the bike and pace me on the bike. I feel like I feel like you'd get DQ'd, and by I feel like I, I'm they almost certain they couldn't. They can't prevent yeah. public right of way. Yeah, so you would just throw your bib off. They're not going to shut down the the. They can't. It's, it's. I don't think. I mean, they can. They can have it prioritized, but they sure. can't shut it because that's 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 a nine mile block of Greenway. Mm-hmm. That's, but that's a lot of uh, potential public foot traffic that's going to get in the way of people running but, a half marathon. Ah, uh, no, nah, it'll be fine. You think it's going to be fine? Yeah, I bet it'll be fine. All right, we'll see how it goes. I mean, there's two sides. There are two sides. And, and it's I, pretty wide. It's yeah. relatively wide. And I bet there's going to be some bicycle cop that's going to say, Bing, 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 get out of the way! Is the bing, bing also his voice? Or? Uh, he, But he has a bell on his yeah. bike, but it doesn't actually work. <laughs> It just when he pushes his thumb on the thing, he, he has to say, say "Bing Bing." <laughs> bing, yeah, bing, yeah. bing 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 Bing. I want to meet that that cop. It's pretty Rogers PD, low budget. Yeah, <laughs> Bing 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 Bing. <laughs> uh, really, Ben, you just have to ask yourself: Do you want to run a seventy-one minute half marathon aided by your friend pulling you on a bike? I don't care. Okay, seven. People are like, "Oh, well, your marathon time that, that you ran two twenty was a downhill marathon." It's like. Yeah, when was the last time you ran a two twenty marathon? Yeah. Doesn't matter. Yeah, Kipchoge, your your sub two was aided with people pacing you. That's a, not that with, impressive. With a car and a laser light and super shoes, like yeah, he also still ran under two hours. I so, still ran under two hours. So. I don't know. No, whatever, it's, man. It's, it's a baller, man. Oh, you only ran your five k time at Boston University, where there's a 
crazy indoor track. Well, that's why everyone goes there because that's where it's fast. So mm-hmm. if my buddy wants to ride on a bike, I'll take him on a bike. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've, it may have been you and me. Were we talking about how it's actually kind of surprising that, that BU has fast races? Because like, apparently the, the surface is kind of worn. It's, it doesn't look new and fresh. Yeah. It's kind of wild that people are throwing down amazing times there. Some, there's something about either the angle of the track mixed with the absorption of the track mixed with how the, the internals of the facility are like I've been told that it's not you don't get as much uh, dry mouth like indoor indoor track mouth or track right. throat um, that you do at other tracks. So there's just like a couple very small things that seem to to make it better. I mean, even other tracks like that have modular angles, like the University of Arkansas can set the angle at a different spot. Yeah. Um, the other places have tried getting it at the same exact angle as BU, and the and the times just haven't been yeah. the same. So there's just very small things that stack up. Um, creating a, a fast racing surface. How much could it be just related to, because of the prestige of the race, it's going to attract people when they are peaking for their fastest races, and thus they want to go to BU, this prestigious location where people race their fastest. So you have expectation of racing fastest uh, for yourself. You have um, you have the, the, the hype that if you don't, uh, succumb to too much hype, like you are amped up to run your fastest time. Yeah. It doesn't even matter the angle of the track. It doesn't matter the quality of the actual surface. Like people are just showing up ready to, to run their fastest at yeah. that location rather than somewhere else. True. I mean, I know that a lot of people plan some of their indoor season around running at BU, but also it's, they host multiple meets a year. Mm-hmm. Um, a few of them are professional only. A few of them are collegiate only, and then some of them are mixed. Um, and they're just seemed. And maybe you're right. Maybe it is a placebo effect of people just know that they run fast there. And well, uh, well, every other track just isn't as fast as as the Armory's not as fast as BU. So I'm just going to go run at BU, and then they get there, and yeah, they they run quick. Um, and so they uh, that that could definitely be part of it. Um, otherwise, I mean, I mean, it's just like for our marathoners out there, if, if people know that there's a specific Boston qualifier that tends to have faster times, even if for no other reason than a lot of people tend like Houston, I don't know if there's, what is about Houston, cause I know it's a rolling course, but a lot of people get their, uh, Boston qualifying times at Houston. And so it might be the same thing as, as that, where they just, that just started to be the place to go to run your, to run your fast time. Um, so who knows? We'll yeah. never know. We may never know. Hey, but we might. That's a good There's point. a chance. It's like those signs that say, uh, bridge may ice before road. <laughs> uh, it, it may. Thanks for the, thanks for the information. Yeah, I, I don't know. Have you heard the comedian who talks about like, that seems like a, a negative mindset. Why, why not bridge may not ice? Oh yeah. Cause it's, <laughs> it's saying the same thing. It's saying the same thing. Yeah. Just a much more positive uh, perspective on it. It's a, it's a half glass full, half glass empty. Mm. I'm just going to get myself a new glass perspective. Bridge half icy. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully not. Ben, who's our guest on the show today? It's a great question. Thanks, Peter, uh, who is... I'm you, just kidding. You don't yeah, know the no, answer I to it? It's Okay, cool. Yeah. It's Cole Sprouse. Uh, Dylan Sprouse. Uh, <laughs> Cole Sprouse, <laughs> former Disney actor. Uh, in one of my favorite movies, uh, Big Daddy. 
uh, man, I, I, uh, I'm excited to ask him a question, and we'll see if I remember it here in a couple minutes. You, you um, want to ask Cole I'll, Sprout? If, yes, I do. Uh, a Cole so, Sprout question? So, the, uh, yes, we are having Cole Sprout, uh, the uh, Stanford University athlete, formerly of Valor High School in Colorado. Um, Cole is a, was a high school standout. Um, and I think he was called something like the, the top prep, uh, athlete, like upcoming athlete, um, by a lot of uh, track and field journalists, um, and, and outlets, um, who now runs at Stanford. Uh, he's a junior, um, in, in a true fashion. I don't think he's redshirted any years. Um, he, and he is, uh, he's a pretty quick dude. Um, Peter, what are some of uh, Cole's times? What are we looking at? Yeah, I don't think we're going to ask Cole to brag on himself and just list all of his PRs, so we'll, we'll do that for him. Um, so if you like fast times, just get ready to salivate, I guess. <laughs> uh, Cole's fastest uh, 800 is a 151. Uh, we'll just keep on going down. Uh, his fastest mile is a 356. Uh, fastest 5K uh, I, I didn't necessarily say if this is on um, indoor or outdoor, but I assume outdoor. This would be outdoor, probably, okay. uh, which is blazing. Yeah, a thirteen twenty four five k. Gross. Pretty nasty. His fastest cross country eight k is a twenty two thirty eight. That actually makes me angry. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know that at, at at that level and that caliber, it's not that absurd to see that fast of a time. But but I don't know for some reason, just reading it right there, it just. It, almost makes me angry. Nah, I, I was never close to that. So it was, it's always like, wow, those guys are <laughs> cooling down while I'm still running. Look at those guys. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, fastest 1500, 342. Fastest 3K, 743. Fastest 10K on the track, 2742. And his fastest cross country 10K is a 3003. Y'all, uh, this show isn't just about fast people. We want to interview people uh, on all spec- uh, all parts of the spectrum of runners, uh, from the, the couch to 5K or to the, the, the local just running fanatic uh, to, to former legends and even uh, current Maybe future legends. Golly, he's he's killing it. Oh, in I was his talking about me. Days. Oh, you're talking no, about yourself. Yeah. No, I'm not. I don't know. You you could have an uptick if I no, pull man, you on the no, bike. Not dude. a chance. No, not okay. a chance. Well, um, we're like I said, we're we're not all about uh, interviewing fast people, but uh, we're we're pretty lucky and excited to get to interview Cole Sprout Jr. from Stanford University. Let's bring him on. Yeah. There's a before before he logs in. Um, there's a. I think the main thing that hopefully we're going to talk about today is is his uh, struggles with injury that he's had with the last couple months. Um, so if you're if you're a, if you're a listener who is working through an injury is uh, scared of what an injury injury could be, um, we're hoping that this can be an episode that you can relate to and uh, possibly glean something from. So, uh, oh, okay. He Peter, go ahead and let him in, and we'll we'll welcome Cole on. Hey, how's it going? Good man. Hey, How are you? I'm doing well. Cole, I'm I'm Peter. This has been What's up, man? Peter, Ben, nice to meet y'all. What's you up, well. bro? Dude, thanks for hopping on with us. Of course. No, glad to be here. Sorry, I was a little late. No, I you're great, went. dude. Cool. All right. You said you were Please. lifting just before you hopped on? Oh yeah, I was. Yeah, we had a little little run and lift combo. So Love it. getting Love it. getting big. Yep. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> That's the about. goal. That's the goal <laughs> for Stanford. The goal. <laughs> the goal for Stanford track is just getting yoked. Get huge. <laughs> exactly. Stanford distance. <laughs> and yep. awesome. Bro, were you able to put together any food for this brunch time? You know, I was. I came directly from the dining hall. So lift dining hall came here. So I put together a little little assortment. 
for y'all. What, what do we us, got? Um, yeah, what do you got for us? Yeah, yeah. Let me show you. I have. Um, I don't know how advertising this will look. So <laughs> I've got a little bit of. Here we go. Okay. A little bit of beets and seaweed salad here. Nothing says brunch like seaweed salad, obviously. Um, <laughs> some would say yes. Some would say yes. <laughs> I, I've got some rice, salmon, a little bit of, I don't know, I think beef, pot sticker, avocado. Man. And then I made a little acai bowl in the corner here. Bro, killing awesome, it. Like, this, you, is, uh, this is from the cab? Yeah. Well, yeah, we what? have like an athlete dining, ha- uh, dining hall. Yeah. So yeah. Wild. Uh, yeah, I know. It is. <laughs> Well, bro, uh, you you know nothing about <laughs> us, but but Ben Ben and I uh, we're assistant coaches at a an NAI school here in Northwest Arkansas, mm. and uh, you you are making all of our athletes uh, incredibly <laughs> jealous right now because one of one of the primary complaints by our athletes is the calf food just doesn't hit well. Mm-hmm. So not at all, not at all. Yeah, yeah. So no, the regular. Standard. Yeah, I, I understand a little bit. We we don't get like the athlete dining hall year round when we first get here we we just use you know like the regular student dining hall and you know it's still really good food like it's very healthy you know it's kind of up my alley to be honest but it's you know there's no acai bar at, at no, that regular no. dining hall <laughs> no no so that's yeah yeah amazing very okay. lucky Absolutely. i um well we're rocking just some breakfast tacos um i've just i've got Sweet. a bacon egg and and cheese breakfast taco is that I also what i have yours as well oh, no i, I got a idea. got an egg with what looks like some crunchy torn tortilla thingamajigger some avocado and oh, a beautiful bunch of green chilies on the bottom Maybe an too out, many. outrageous amount of green chilies on the bottom unbelievable but oh great it's a Colorado Colorado special we, right there. It Seriously. really is. <laughs> we uh we like to uh we like to kick off our our uh show by asking our our guests like how do you define brunch? Since this is the Running Brunch podcast, how does Cole Sprout uh define brunch? Oh, you know, when I think of brunch, I immediately think of post long run. Um hey. because mm-hmm. Sunday we go out, we hit, you know, however long we have, 15, 16, 17. And then we come back and the dining hall is open for brunch. So, you know, it, it reminds me of that. And then we all just load up on, you know, eggs, pancakes, the works. Just go That's to cool. town. That's yeah. awesome. The uh, the pancakes, are they just like straight butter maple syrup? Or are they like kind of like bougie pancakes? Like do you put Ooh. like, I don't know, berries, some kind of berries on them, some kind of crumblies oh. on, I don't know. If I can, absolutely. Yeah. I'll maybe I'll put yogurt on there too. Sometimes yogurt and syrup is it's a little of a bit of a weird combo to be honest, but, um, mm-hmm. had you, I, I did someone, that. yeah, I was going to say, my who grandpa, taught you to put my yogurt parents, on? <laughs> yeah, my, yeah, my grandma always did it and it's like really good to be honest. So if I don't have berries, I, I prefer to just put berries and syrup okay. on there or, you know, maybe it's like a blueberry pancake. Like that's, that's my go-to if I had to choose. It's baked um, in there. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, you gotta make do. Yeah, so that's incredible. Yeah. Cole, while 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 we're on food, and you've kind of alluded already, I feel like uh, you care a lot about the food you put in your body. Not every Division mm. One athlete cares about the food they put in their body as a part of their program. Like, tell us about how um, just food for you as a runner, and and when did you, as a distance runner, start caring about the the food you put in your body? Mm. Well, I grew up in a in a household in a family that ate well my parents were always very healthy eaters very active um you know maybe that's 
partly because I'm from Colorado. There's a little bit more of that baked into the culture. Um, but yeah, I, I've kind of always done it. And to be honest, I never always liked it. Um, obviously I prefer to be, um, or at least at a point I'd prefer to, to be eating sweets and, you know, not really taking care of my body. Um, but I, I think as I got into running it, the fact that my family ate healthy and I felt good because of it, it made me appreciate, um, the food that I put in, in my body, um, and the food that I ate. And yeah, to be honest, like now I, I prefer eating healthy over eating, I don't know, junk food. Like I just feel better. Um, every now and then, you know, I've got the craving and got to, got to, you know, go in, get a cookie or maybe a cinnamon roll for lucky at the dining Ooh, hall. Love it. Yeah. I was yeah. going to ask you, what's the cheat you day? Know? Is it, is it cinnamon roll or cookie, I guess? Oh yeah, for sure. Cinnamon roll is probably, if I had to like choose, that's probably what I'd go for. Okay, it's um, awesome. But cool. it's tempting. The dining hall always has you know, certain uh, cookies. So speaking of cinnamon rolls and being a Denver boy, um, mm-hmm. do you call yourself a Denver boy? I mean, I know you're a Highlands Ranch technically, right? Are you a Denver yeah. boy? Well, I, I grew up in Evergreen. Um, okay. And I moved down from there my sophomore year. So I, I, that's kind of like, I call myself an evergreen boy, I guess. Okay. Nice. <laughs> but, Amazing. Um, yeah. So did you, did you start going to Valor? Sorry to skip ahead, but was that on sophomore year or was that like you started way before that? That was sophomore year. I, I okay. transferred actually from um, Faith Christian down in Arvada. Cool deal. So I, I went there from sixth grade through freshman year and then yeah transferred amazing well we we for sure want to we want to hit a little bit on kind of high school years yeah a little bit but before we get away from cinnamon rolls duffy rolls what do you think (laughs) about duffy rolls duffy uh, honestly i i'm not familiar what what is a duffy really oh that's so sad really i don't don't even know what a duffy roll is (laughs) oh my goodness okay well so we we both ran we ran you're not alone i was this out of left field question (laughs) for me as well this was this was number one question on our planned questions for Cole Sprout. No, oh. uh, no, uh, we both ran cross country and track at uh, Colorado Christian University, mm. and uh, and so my years there, uh, it's just a cinnamon roll and kind of breakfast sandwich place. Um, there's one. Is it called Duffy Rolls? It's called Duffy Rolls. Um, and they're they're drier cinnamon rolls, and they're just they're oh. delectable. Um, I feel like somewhere near Arapahoe High School is a Duffy Rolls. Um, there's multiple oh. though, so yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that was nope. I've never heard of a Duffy Roll. Hey, five and a half know. years there. Weird. Yeah. Next time Arapahoe. you go home, and next time okay. you uh, have a, a cheat day, I don't know. Make a make a little <laughs> jog over to Duffy Rolls and and I snack will. one. Yeah, absolutely. And this this uh this weekend I was actually in Evergreen, staying with some in laws and doing some mm-hmm. stuff in Denver. And I was at there's the like the hotel. It's like right after you get off um onto the expressways from 70. There's like that McDonald's, the gas station, El Rancho, mm-hmm. whatever. There's oh thing. yeah for sure. Yeah, and I uh went on a run. I was like, I'll just go find. There's a dirt road that's like I guess there's some trails that are in the next city up. Um, and I was like, oh, oh I'll go run there and do a workout, and then. So I ran up the expressway. Terrible idea. Um, and then, mm. so it's it's like so, Peter. It's like a mile uphill and then right. a mile downhill. But there's cars going like seventy miles an hour next to you. Uh, so it, and it's recently snowed, so there's like snow piled up, so you can't quite get next to the the. There's like a barrier, I guess. So you're kind of like on the white line. Yeah. Uh, but it's like whatever. <laughs> so then I get down in this town and I get down into trying to find this trail system and there's like a bajillion trails so i have no idea where i am 
Eventually, I started taking a left down a random road, find a dirt trail. I was like, ah, this is great. Uh, Then I was like, wait a second. I have to run back to the hotel, and I don't know where I am. So I found some – I just kind of like stood there for a little bit until someone else – I saw a lady run by. Uh, She ignored me. Uh, I saw a cyclist (laughs) ride by. They ignored me. And then finally, another guy riding his bike was like, hey, you okay? I was like, no, no. Completely lost. Totally lost. It's like, oh, where'd you come from? I was like, oh, the town that's down the road. But that way, he goes, oh, yeah, just take this road here to your left. Run for a little bit. You'll be fine. It's mostly uphill, though. I was like, Perfect. oh, great. Awesome. Just lost. <laughs> yeah. Just, oh, but in Evergreen. In Evergreen. In Evergreen no yeah. Um, and they, yeah, and all the roads but are hills. the same. Yes. Yeah. There's not a, there's no not a flat whatsoever. part in the whole thing. It was terrible. Yeah. It is. Uh, I honestly didn't, I don't, or didn't run there very often because, it, I don't know, I always felt terrible. At 8,000 yeah. feet, too. It's it's tough. <gasps> it's tough for sure. I was wondering why I was out of breath the whole time. Yeah, like, I'm, you're not struggling. This, I, I'm not this. I'm not this. I know. <laughs> yeah, you're doing yourself a disservice, honestly. Cole, let's uh let's rewind all the way back to just kind of the beginning of Cole's running days. What what got you into competitive running? Um, kind of paint that picture. Yeah. For what us. are the what are the grassroots, Cole? Grassroots. Yeah, man. Well, I guess. Before I started running, I, I mountain bike raced. Um, and so I I did that for a few years through middle school, I would say. Um, and that's kind of where I fell into love with endurance sports, um, the more individual side of, of, of sport. And, you know, it was my sister actually who whose idea was to go out for cross country um, my eighth grade year. So that was my introduction to distance running really and yeah i i guess i mean i'm I'm a competitive person so i i think i won my first race and i was like you know i i don't mind this i could get used to this you know, <laughs> i don't, mind, I don't mind being great <laughs> Success is yeah it is fun and yeah so i i just kept doing it you know i fell in love with the the pursuit of self-progression self-improvement and yeah just kind of went from there i guess yeah you said awesome. your sister had done it before you when was this that you won that first race um oh that was yeah it was my eighth grade year is uh that fall you know okay, cross country cool. um and then is, is she older than me. i'm gonna say younger than you okay cool younger yeah so we both went out for cross country um that was both of our first years doing it um but i think we both had been wanting to do it she just it was her idea so i was like you know yeah might as well try it yeah, see what cool. happens. Did uh did her uh, career take off like yours did, or is it she more just has has she stuck with running since sixth grade? She yeah we we both did it through high school. Um, but she she liked it for different reasons. You know, she was more of a a social runner. Yeah, that was more her thing. Um, wasn't so much of a fan of uh, the pain aspect of of running, putting yourself in pain intentionally. Um, you know, which is understandable. Um, it's a little bit of a weird, weird concept to wrap your head around. So yeah, she, she, she stopped after high school. She played tennis and did other things. So, um, yeah. So you, you said you, you fell in love with running cause you love the competitive side of things and you found a little bit of success early on. Uh, but not mm-hmm. everyone that likes to compete in life and not everyone that has experienced some success, uh, enjoys the pain. <laughs> Uh, when, like, 
tell us about your your journey, even in your high school years of just accepting the the pain of endurance sports. Has it always come easy to be, I don't know, the the, the mental side of enduring pain? Hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I would, I think I'd be lying if I said it didn't come somewhat naturally. Um, I think, I think exposure was a big piece of it. Um, endurance sport was a lot of what I knew growing up, whether it was mountain bike racing or, or running. So I, I think I just learned how to, um, how to manage and internalize that that feeling of oh like why am i putting myself through this much pain is it worth it like what's the point um and i think from like early on i i realized that you know this was some sort of gift that i had um and you know growing up in like a christian household i i believe like i could i could use this as a platform um so i i took purpose in doing it for something greater than myself um, and that I think took some of that, that weight off of, um, I don't know, putting myself through, through this pain and, and wondering like, what's the point? I think that was a very, um, tangible reason for why I was doing it. And, and yeah, I don't know. I, I like the idea of, I like seeing progress, you know, running is a very quantitative sport. You can see to the decimal point if you're improving and how much. So obviously it's not going to be a linear progression, uh, which I've experienced over my, my career, but um, it, it's a very satisfying and gratifying sport. You, you can see the progress, you can see the work you put in very clearly. Um, and I think I, I really fell in love with that side of things as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. You, you, uh, you open the door into the, just kind of the fact that you grew up in a Christian household once again, not every kid that grows up in a Christian household uh, desires to uh, use their life as a platform to make the Lord known, encourage people in Jesus. Like, did you just have incredibly sweet parents? Uh, I did. Did, <laughs> I did, the, yeah. did the Lord just get a hold of your heart early? I mean, like uh, in the in the few interviews I've I've listened to of yours, uh, maybe it's a Valor and and or Stanford thing because Christian McCaffrey and all the interviews I've listened to of him and yours, uh, just like incredibly articulate, incredibly mature for their age and just very impressive, but also incredibly humble at the same time, like, uh, paint us a picture of how, how at a young age you chose to, uh, be outside of yourself in the use of your sport, I guess. Yeah. Well, I definitely did have very sweet parents, um, <laughs> that, that played a very big role. They, yeah they're very formative in, in making my faith my own um, and helping me develop through that and, and putting me in, in different schools that would help foster that, um, that faith as well. Um, I definitely wouldn't, I don't know if I really would have pursued and been intentional about my faith if, if I hadn't had those times to be exposed to a lot of you know, great Christian mentors, um, through faith, Christian and valor. Um, and so, yeah, I, being at Stanford, obviously it's kind of the, you know, other side of the spectrum, um, sure. when it comes to the people I'm around. Um, but I would say valor prepared me very well for, for 
the secular world and and establishing whether or not you wanted your faith to be your own. Um, and since being at Stanford, you know, that it's been a test of, of, you know, is my faith my own and is it something I want to continue to pursue? Because it's no longer a, an environment where I'm being, my hands being held through, um, through my faith and through improving my faith. So yeah. I've, I really had to gone out and seek improvement and progression through that. So, um, and which is, you know, that's, it's necessary and it's, it's a part of life once you leave the nest. So, yeah, um, I've been grateful for, for this experience to really make my faith my own, um, and continue to meet really cool, great Christian people in the Stanford community. You know, we meet, um, we do like an FCA, um, every once a week. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's a cool way just to, you know, talk with other Christian athletes and um, hear people's stories and worship together. So, yeah, yeah, I'm grateful for that piece as well. It's been a yeah. really cool um, journey, just reflecting on where my faith has, where it began and where it is now. So, yeah, cool. While while we're on on just kind of the the topic of faith, uh, knowing that uh, recently you're kind of dealing with some injuries currently, and then just looking uh, back over the past year, I'm sure some some disappointment uh, on uh, the guys' cross country side of things at, at Natty's and whatnot. Like, um, how how have you um, how has your walk with the Lord allowed you to deal with disappointment disappointments like cross country nationals? I'm, I'm assuming uh, to some extent disappointment in your, your current state um, and missing indoor nationals. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Before we get into kind of just the, the, the nitty gritty of, of, of the details of missing internationals, I'd love to just kind of hear big picture, how you've woven in your faith to endure, like just the disappointments in your running career. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, it's a really important question. Um, I think a big piece of it is, and it ties back to purpose. I think um, what I see my purpose as being, um, being a Christian, I, I think it going through some of the more difficult and, and challenging times um, has, has made me kind of once again, like wonder or really think on like what, what my purpose is, what is the reason for this happening? Um, and you know, I, I, I think with my faith, um, I believe everything happens for a reason. Um, even if that reason isn't known at the time, um, that's where the faith comes in is, you know, trusting that there's something beneficial and something positive that will come out of that. Um, so hope is, is something that I, I really cling on to in times where I really don't have anything to tell me that things will work out. Um, but I just have to know it. Um, and, and that's, that's something that I really can only feel. I can't really describe to anybody else who, you know, it's something that you can't put into words, but yeah, there's some sort of peace that I have, um, and that I've been able to really find. And, um, as I've, you know, learned how to listen better, um, not really projecting my own goals and thoughts on what should happen in times where things go wrong um, or why things have gone wrong, but just kind of letting go. Um, that's a hard thing to do. And that's something I I'll never master, but I've, I've gotten better at it and it's, it's made the process of 
acknowledging the fact that things have gone wrong um, and then accepting that it, it'll work out and that it will ultimately be for the best. Um, right. um, how yeah. is, how is your, your faith side of things uh, worked into the team culture? If, if at all, I don't know if that's something that you kind of keep separate from the team or like how to, how do your teammates kind of, uh, and how do you cater to them or like, um, uh, I guess almost like, I don't want to use the word disciple because that's not the, quite the word I'm a counsel. That's the word I'm looking for. How do you like counsel your teammates through those things um, and stuff like that? So I kind of like leave it more of an open-ended question for you. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I've been trying to, to be better about really being more open with my faith in general. Um, it's, it's hard to do when, when that's not something that's shared among your peers and your teammates. Um, but I think especially in times when, when there's injury, like right now, uh, me and one of my buddies and, and teammates is also kind of going through an injury. Um, it's, it's, it's a great time to, at least like offer like my own ways of, of coping and going through that process. Um, so testimony is, is a big, a big tool that, that I use. And, um, and generally speaking, I, I just try to be a reflection of what I believe through my actions. Um, not naturally I'm, I'm not, a, you know, I'm not a perfect person. I'm far from that. Um, and I'm constantly, I'm constantly getting on my teammates nerves and egging them on doing, doing un unbiblical things. Um, but I, but that's something that I, I continually try to improve upon and be better at. So, um, just, just being a steward and, and how I interact with my teammates and how I, um, yeah, counsel them in, in times of need or, or encouragement yeah um yeah all of it that's uh and uh, i mean the great thing is it doesn't even have to be like direct um like words of like of scripture of prayer whatever it is but even just like being there a, a body to to lean on and ear to listen um kind of yeah. kind of allows for good conversations to happen so it's awesome that you have the opportunity um but like peter uh brought up so you've uh struggled with achilles tendonitis when did that kick mm. off um, and what, what do you think kind of like spurred that on Peter and I both, uh, have a history of Achilles issues. So, mm. um, we're, we're kind of in a very understanding of what you're currently dealing with. You're in good so. company right now. <laughs> Great. I love it. Um, yeah, that was probably about six weeks ago at this point, give or take. Um, I started feeling that after our second race, um, down in Arkansas, I ran the 3k there okay. and I, yeah, I know <laughs> I started feeling just a little bit of like tightness, you know, um, in the Achilles area. It didn't, it wasn't directly on the Achilles, but, um, yeah, I just started kind of feeling that at the beginning or before the race warming up. And then afterwards I could tell it was, you know, a lot more aggravated. Um, and, you know, originally I just kind of tried to train through it, hoping that it would resolve itself seeing the trainer and everything going through the usual um routes and it yeah didn't like that very much it got worse <laughs> um never does which yeah it never does i mean to be honest I, i've been fortunate that i've been able to really run through and or resolve a lot of my my issues um without having to take time off um so i i'm lucky because i haven't been very injury prone so this is kind of the first 
experience or second experience that I had to take time off and really be intentional about that. But um, yeah, so I ended up taking some time off. Um, I had like a partial soleus strain um, and then just, you know, tendonitis, um, Achilles tendonitis all in that area. So we had a lot going on down there. Uh, so just, yeah, decided to stop making it worse um, and compensating for it. Cause I, I could tell I was, and um, yeah, I've just been doing a lot of strengthening stuff, a lot of mechanics, um, mechanic based um, strengthening and um, different exercises because what most of my, my trainers and, and PT doctor, they all think is that I had, um, I had a hamstring strain at the end of cross before nationals. And since that happens, I have been relying a lot on the outer hamstring muscles. So it was the the inner one that I had strained. I've been relying a lot on the outer ones to, to kind of compensate for the weaker muscle or the strained one that, you know, is healthy now, but I just was kind of favoring it a little bit. And so that kind of threw off other things down the chain. I was landing more on the outside of my foot and not rolling in to to absorb my weight properly. So that, you know, created uh, several issues. It was just putting a lot of strain on my calf, um, you know, caused like a stress reaction in the tibia, just like a, a light one. Um, so yeah, I, I, it was just a lot of mechanic compensations. So just had to kind of been working to clean that up, make sure my form is very balanced. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a puzzle a lot of the times with, with injury, you know, you can go, about as far up the chain as you want to, to find certain deficiencies and imbalances. So yeah, that's been, it's been fun. Been doing a lot of that, but what's the, uh, what's the aerobic, uh, side of your time off looked like if you've had any, or has it been like zero aerobic activity, um, totally off your feet, off the bike, out of the water, everything, or has there been anything to like, mm. uh, to compensate with the strength training? Has there been anything to kind of keep you like, quote, as, as a lot of us like to say fit, um, everyone's like, I just want to get fit. Um, so how have you, how have you stayed fit during this time? Uh, yeah, well, I, I, I cannot take time off. Um, I realized how, (laughs) how impatient and stubborn I am. So, um, thankfully with like what I had, I, I was able to get on the bike and get in the pool. And so I, I primarily was on the bike um, doing cross train workouts on that longer bikes to, to simulate like a long run, um, which on the stationary bike is not fun. It really <laughs> has made me appreciate going out for a run. Yep. Um, and th- yeah, thankfully like I'm, I've been able to to start running on the ground and, um, I'm pain-free. So that's, that's been, um, very, very encouraging so you're um, on you're on the stationary bike. Are you audio booking? Are you watching mm, an episode of something? Invite someone into the... awkwardly standing next to you the whole time that you're riding the bike. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, well, it, so some of the time, um, I'll be biking in our weight room where basically all of the teams lift. So that that can be a little awkward because I'll be just you know aggressively sweating pools of sweat underneath me <laughs> it probably looks like i'm i'm dying i should probably get medical attention um but i everybody's just like staring i could tell like people are a little disgusted by the amount of sweat that i'm just creating yeah. all around me yeah, um awesome. 
Yes, but I, I'm I'm primarily listening to music. If it's a workout, I, I like to have as little distraction as possible. Um, but I, I find the music helpful. If it's if it's more of like a long like a long bike ride, then I'll usually since it's on Sunday, I'll I'll throw on church for the first forty minutes or something. Yeah. Hour and then listen to music. Um because I'll do like two, two and a half hours of yeah, that. Yeah. So I'm I'm imagining you yeah. like on the bike before like there's there's no lights on except like over the top of you. <laughs> and like the basketball team walks in, does their workout, they leave. The the soccer team comes in to do their stuff. They're like they leave, and then you're still there riding <laughs> the whole time. While multiple teams have cycled through. Yeah. I'm sure this is a breaking right. like a, a podcast uh, protocol, but just a shout out to another podcast. Uh, I've listened to the the running effect, and you were you were a guest mm-hmm. on there sometime recently. And uh, uh, is is it yeah. still Morgan Wallen that you're jamming out to while you're on the bike? What's uh, <laughs> what are you listening to? Uh, Morgan Wallen isn't that that hype to be listening to on the bike. Say, you're, um, you're not gonna be spinning to some Morgan Wallen. No, I would be. I'd be falling asleep probably. Um, man, it depends. I I've, I'm kind of all over the place. If, if it's like a longer bike ride or even like early first half of a workout, I'm not trying to get too amped because I'm bad at pacing myself on the bike, so I'll, I'll burn myself out and end up walking it in. Uh, to to say um towards the end, so. You know, I'll be listening to more, it's like, probably like R&B, like hip hop, mixed with like more EDM kind of electronic music, you know, just to like get, I like to have some background like, uh, you know, beat going on. So it's not as distracting as like singing and everything, uh, but kind of creates a tempo, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's something that I've a little beat going that you can get, get into a rhythm. That's awesome. Right, uh, right, right, right. Coming back around just to kind of how you you've responded to uh, this injury. Uh, are you the kind of athlete that you you find out that you have to shut things down and you're kind of okay? That's that's what it is. That's totally fine, and we'll just kind of figure it out and fix things. Or or does it hit you heavy? How does it how does it hit you? I. I think since my hamstring thing, I, I took it better this time. Um, when I was told like I'd strained my hamstring, I, I was pretty devastated because it was pretty soon before nationals and, and it was inconvenient and I didn't want to have to deal with it at that time. Um, but, uh, that worked out, ended up working out. So I knew it would be fine. Um, and I was willing to do whatever it took to, get back to hundred percent. I, I didn't want to be running through pain um, since I tried that and mm-hmm. did it unsuccessfully. So at, at the point where I was told, yeah, it's probably a good idea to, to shut it down. Um, I was honestly a little grateful just so I didn't have to continue putting myself through more pain than I needed to um, and compensating, you know, deteriorating my form. So yeah, like we, we got, I'd gotten an MRI on it and, it was, you know, pretty heavily inflamed in that area. So the doctor was finally, cause up to that point, I, we were kind of guessing of, of what the primary issue was, um, you know, and we tried balancing or minimizing load a little bit just to see if it improved doing that, um, without having to shut it down completely and wasn't still wasn't really liking that. 
So yeah, I was at the point where I was like, yeah, that's, I think it's for the best. Um, it'll be worth kind of shutting things down and then working back up from the yeah. ground, making sure things are good. Love it. Yeah. So uh, before cross country nationals, what did you race at pre natties at OSU? Um, I did. Okay. What are yeah. your, this very, very random tangent. What are your thoughts on the course? It is, a, is it as bad as everyone <laughs> makes it seem? Cause it doesn't seem like it's actually that slow considering how fast everyone uh-huh. runs on it. So we, we just had Taylor Werner on recently, former Arkansas runner and, uh, and mm. she, she's never raced on it, but she said just from the sidelines, she doesn't feel like it's as nasty as everyone says it is, but it's, you know, <laughs> yeah. so is it as nasty as people say it is? Um, well, I, I've ran it three times now. I ran it the first time they had nationals, they had nationals, uh, my freshman year there. And yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. It was, uh, I honestly don't remember a lot of it because I think I had a form of PTSD from that race. (laughs) I have that part of memory blocked out. So, um, just because I had to go back and race there. So I knew I had to cope somehow. Yeah. Um, but honestly, like when we did the AK course is, is much less terrible than the 10 K. I mean, it's less distance and it cuts out like a big hill in it. So it, that honestly was not as bad as I had remembered it um, for my freshman year. But um, at least for me coming back from the hamstring thing off of a week or so off um, and still not kind of clicking back into rhythm, it it was pretty, pretty awful of a 10K for me. So, yeah, it's a tough course. It's a tough course. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Speaking it's, of like it's honest, you know. Yeah. 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 I like that. I like, I like honest cross country mm-hmm. courses. I don't, I don't like time yeah. trial ones. <laughs> yeah. No, that's definitely not it at all. If did you're you not ever... in really good shape, you're, yeah. you're toast. Did, yeah. did, did high school in Colorado ever race at Willis case golf course in, uh, in Denver? In Denver? I don't think so. Okay. It... Re- it was, it was a Regis university's course. Um, and okay. that it always ate us the, up. It, it, it ate us up to the max. The first, the first miles all oh. downhill, and then the rest of it, you're snaking up and down the hill <sighs> for 10k, and it was just yeah. terrible. Oh, for 10k, that's yeah. awful. It was miserable. Y'all, no, thankfully, we. You were down in the springs for for state, right? Like the the driest course ever. Yeah. Was it easy? Yeah, that. Oh. Okay. It was at Norris Penrose Center. Uh-huh. down there in, in the spring like ends yeah. in like a uh horse yeah like a an arena like a rodeo yeah arena <laughs> i don't know yeah. you run across yeah. the, the the infield of the arena sick yeah yeah it is it that one's tough too though um that they cut out like a really big hill because people were passing out and having having issues it was because it's usually really hot when when state is and it's at six or seven thousand feet so it's you know it's a little high up um and yeah man that course it it's tough yeah it's awesome yeah um (laughs) tell us about the process of when when colleges started courting you um reaching out yeah i guess i mean it's like a dating process yeah yeah yeah, take uh, you out to no, the ball, yeah. buy some flowers mm-hmm. before I guess they technically couldn't buy you flowers. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. When did <laughs> it happen? Volume. When did it start? And and just take us through it. Totally. Yeah. Um, it was 
I guess end of my sophomore year that I started talking with coaches. Um, I guess wow. it, there's a lot of weird rules about it because you can, like I had a, an academic or athletic advisor um, at Valor who would email, help me email different coaches on my behalf. And he could talk with the coaches, but I couldn't. Um, so there were some weird rules for your sophomore year. It's probably different now. Um, so I couldn't talk with them until I think August or July after my sophomore year. And then they could call me directly. So that's when I started really talking to coaches um, where they would usually just call me and, you know, I'd talk with them about whatever their philosophy um, and all of that. So yeah, that's kind of what it started for me um, going into junior year or end of sophomore year. Um, and then they, they had changed the rule for official visits um, after, I guess, like going into my junior year that you could, you could start taking official visits the spring of your junior year through your senior year. So I'm um, kind of making it a little bit earlier so you can spread it out, I guess, was the idea. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, towards the beginning of the process, I kept a lot of my options open. I talked to a lot of, a lot of coaches, um, just to, just to see what was out there and to play the field. And yeah, exactly. It, and it was, it was a lot, you know, you could, obviously it was an enjoyable process because people were interested in talking to you. So, you know, that's kind of cool. That doesn't happen all the time. So, yeah. um, yeah, I talked to a lot of coaches and kind of narrowed it down to my top three, four or so. Um, by the time kind of spring of junior year came around, um, I've been talking with Stanford, um, Washington, and Colorado, um, maybe a few others, probably you know more than the others, and kind of knew out of all of them, those were the top, I don't know, five. So I, Stanford was my favorite. Um, it was my top pick at that point. So I, I took a visit spring of my junior year um, just to, again, you know, see what the team was like, um, get a feel for, for the environment, the coach, all that. So yeah, that, and then I guess fall of my senior year, took two more visits to Washington and CU and yeah, made my decision that I think before state um, fall of senior year. So yeah, it, and it was a it was a cool process. It was cool to to go visit um, different schools. You know, they fly you out and get a either stay up in a most of them you they would put you up in a hotel. Some of them you stay in the dorm, which you know it's a little bit more of an honest experience, I'd say. Sure. Mm-hmm. But also, yeah. yeah a little less nice perhaps, um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it was good. So cool. that, that was really cool. Um, but I, I kind of knew at that point, I, it was, I really didn't want to take all five because I knew it was between um, Stanford, Washington and, you know, CU was right up the road. So I figured right. I might as well go take a visit there. Um, and yeah, I think once I had done that, I, I, it was pretty, not pretty clear. It was a, it was a tough decision between Washington and, in Stanford. Um, you know, I like both the coaches and it just came down to making a pros and cons list, to be honest, you yeah. know, 
What what going. were like the philosophy things at Stanford culture? I mean, what, what were the things that actually wooed you in the end? Yeah. Team was really big for me. Um, the guys who I'd be around with every day for the next four, five years. So um, I really wanted to make sure I'd be around people I meshed well with and, and would help make me a better athlete in person. So Stanford, I felt like that was really the case um, yeah. more so than the other schools. So that, that was probably the tipping point for me. Um, and academics was important too. That's why Stanford was somewhere I was considering. Yeah. So that, that also helped make the decision for me a little bit. Um, how so. far, how far out of, uh, of school was Grant Fisher um, or was he there when you visited or when you were a freshman? I can't remember how, how detached he is from college now. Yeah. He was there when I took my visit my junior year. Okay. And he graduated that year. Got so it. he was probably two years removed when I got here. Okay. Cool. 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 I think just about. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. It's hard to, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, and yeah, obviously seeing a guy like that on the Stanford team, like they had a lot of, really cool rich history so um i wanted to be a part of that um yeah yeah that helped make my decision too yeah, for sure cool. love it love it um kind of kind of speaking on that on that uh grant fisher train um what does post-collegiate running look for you whether that's professional or you just go straight hobby jogging or you just uh, rule the <laughs> the local 5ks um mm. and just and just scoop up the the easy $100 prizes every so often <laughs> or random garments that people give away <laughs> yeah yeah oh man that that could be that could be what i do honestly you never it's know like too many pairs of um, garments <laughs> i know you can't have too many garments you never know? never um are are you a garment guy or are, well, you, a, are you a are you a guy or cuz Garmin life. I'm baby. a Garmin guy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a Garmin guy for sure. I, I did a little NIL deal with them actually this past summer. Yeah. So yeah, they sent me a watch and, you know, I made a reel for them, which yeah. was cool. Um, that that's a cool new aspect of collegiate sport that, yeah. you know, is really has no precedent at, at this point. So I was um, I was wanting to hit on NIL stuff here cool. in a second. Yeah. G- give us yeah. your answer just to Ben's question of post collegiate stuff, and I'd love to kind right. of yeah, yeah, yeah. dip into um, NIL stuff. I mean, the stuff. goal is yeah, the goal is to to run professionally. I'd love to do that for for a time. Yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, I, I think it 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 depends like what kind of opportunities are are there. Um, obviously, I know I can't run professionally forever, which is why I wanted to to have an education and a degree to not really fall back on, but to have after that, um, after that was up, um, even if, if I had that opportunity in the first place. So yeah, I'd, I'd love to, to, to continue running and that's definitely something that I'm, I'm pursuing. So, cool. you know, making sure that I'm healthy and able to, to compete is, is very important as I'm wrapping yeah. up the next few years. Did did the desire to run professionally come simultaneous to desiring to run in college or or was like once you got into the college realm and started seeing how you competed at the next level, it set in? Hmm. That was a goal I had before going to college. Um, but obviously I had really no idea if I could even do that. So um, yeah, as I've been running and competing in college and 
and seeing myself progress even further and it's becoming a reality like that's it's it's more so on my on my mind um and yeah you know obviously the 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 priority is competing and doing well in college um otherwise you know i won't get to the next level but um yeah i'm starting to think more about that and and would love to continue running because you know i i, I really do love the sport and all it has to offer so yeah cool be sweet that's amazing. awesome amazing yeah I was uh I was wanting to hit on NIL stuff because I think I uh saw or heard recently that that Charles maybe signed an NIL deal. I don't know if you signed an NIL deal with with Nike or something <laughs> like that, right? He yeah, yeah, he did. I think he literally signed an NIL deal with them. So you're That's right. Sick. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh what tell us what what's your experience in the NIL world been like? Uh how is it the pros and cons for you personally and also just your perspective on it being introduced to collegiate sports, the the impact it has on NCAA and and yeah. just the world you're living so in. So, f- for listeners who don't know what NIL is, it's a, a name, image, name, image, and likeness deal. So that means the athletes are now able to basically sell themselves, if you want to yeah. say it in a terrible way, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, uh, to to be able to make some kind of money while they're in college and not allow the NCAA to control them. So I'm a big fan of that. Um, big fan of the athletes having their independence from the NCAA. So um, that's that's uh, that's the little quick quick rundown. Uh, back to you. <laughs> yeah, totally. No, that's great. Um, yeah, so it's like I said, there's really no precedent for for any of this stuff. So it's it's been a little interesting to navigate. Um, I've I haven't been actively pursuing it a ton, but if if there's it's if there's a product or something that I use and really love um, and think, and no, I, I would, I would really authentically represent um, or enjoy representing then, then I've reached out to different people, different brands, but um, you know, they're starting to, to be different companies that represent um, brands like Nike Garmin, um, bigger companies that are kind of getting into the NIL space who, who will reach out to athletes. So that's how I, started working with uh garmin this past um summer um there's just some company called open doors who who like reached out to me on their behalf and kind of negotiated that deal um so yeah part of it is like knowing your worth and to and to not oversell yourself or to sell yourself too much and then decrease your value as a result Uh so sure yeah there's a little bit of i'm not a business major but i've had to brush up on on some of that stuff to make sure i'm you know not doing myself a disservice right. um and, not and it's, you, it's not, but you're not like overselling yourself like you said yeah yeah right yeah it's a fine it's a fine line and to be honest like there's not really a line in the first place so part of it was finding wherever that was so um it's been helpful like talking with guys like charles and um you know other guys i know who who have done and do um, different NIL stuff just to compare like what, what their experience has been like. Um, so yeah, I've done that. And then I did uh, a thing with stride pod this past fall during cross country season. Um, basically that's just like a little um, device that sits on your shoe measures like your power output um, and various metrics just to kind of give a different reading of or different metric for effort. Um, so that was cool. Um, and then I recently just did one with, uh, Nike vision, 
um, their kind of sun sunglasses brand. Exactly. Shades. Yeah. Yeah. The shades. Yeah. So that was fun. You know, most of them, they, they give you some product and tell you, okay, we'll, we'll pay you this to, to make some reels yeah. or yeah. posts on Instagram or something like that. So it's awesome. Yeah. Pretty, always, pretty cool. Yeah. yeah it's awesome. Yeah. It's funny to see, yeah. like, you can kind of tell when, especially pro athletes start wearing stuff like an indoor meets, like, why is Josh Kerr wearing sunglasses inside? <laughs> right. Why is Ollie Hoare wearing glasses right. at Milrose? Like, one, it's also yeah. amazing and it looks dope, but also, yeah, wow, it's just so funny to me. It just cracks me up. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. NIL stuff probably looks a lot different in the NCAA than it does at the NAIA level. Uh, we've got a mm-hmm. we've got a guy on our team, and we'll just he's not yet as fast as Cole Sprout, and. <laughs> And, uh, but he loves himself, uh, this burger at Denny's called the, oh, the, the slam, slam burger. <laughs> and so we're trying to, we're trying to convince him to get an NIL deal with, uh, with Denny's. All he has to I do is that. just throw down some slam burgers and, uh, <laughs> and just post some videos of it. And, uh, totally. so John Brown university, we're going to try to get a, get a partnership with oh Denny's. Sometimes <laughs> be incredible. I mean, this, this was, it yes. was. We were, we were driving to to cross country camp and it was like, hey guys, we're going to get some food. He's like, hey, we should, we should go to Denny's. We should go to Denny's. <laughs> what? This we're, is out of nowhere. We're in Seattle. There's so many great just local restaurants we could choose, right. diners and whatnot. And he just was craving a Denny's. Wholeheartedly yeah. wanting that. Reliable. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. On your behalf. You know? On your behalf, I'm going to reach out to Denny's and try to get you set up with, you them, do it. with them. If that's All right. Yeah. Yeah. I love a good Denny's too. Hey. That might not fit within your uh, your food regimen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's right. a little bit, but hey, I need a, I need a cheat day every now and then. So let's go. Denny's is all right, you know. Let's go, bro. Yep, uh, dude. Uh, we we do this segment on our show called repeats. Uh, so uh, you know your your Achilles might not be up for repeats right now. We're gonna we're gonna test it out. We're gonna see how you can do. Uh, just nice yeah. short, quick fire questions. Very short recovery um and okay. uh and and so are you up for some repeats yeah i'm up for some repeats let's, let's do, do it. it let's go uh you want to go first yeah uh well let's start off with the with the staple repeat question um you are you're you know that you have a fast uh or like a really hard workout coming up uh and you need to prep for it what are you putting on head to toe to like be in the zone for that workout to feel fast yeah, to feel fast mm. well okay it's probably gonna start with some Nike shades, Nike shades, um, Nike vision shades. That I had. Exactly. <laughs> I don't want the sun in my eyes either. You know, I got to stay relaxed. <laughs> Love it. Um, so that um, temperature is a big factor, but um, arm sleeves probably that you always feel fast in arm sleeves. So Let's I'll go. probably it's put those true. on at least for the warm up. Yeah. Um, I don't know, just a t shirt. Probably like. Are, are you a, are you a t shirt worker outer or are you a, are you no shirt worker outer? Um, if it's like sixties or colder, then I'll probably have it on for like the first rep at least and then take it off. Um, but in the spring, yeah, usually I don't, it's just because I like to bag some rays, get a tan on, (laughs) bag some rays, (laughs) bag some rays. That's That's right. I love it. Yeah. No, I, uh, so yeah, that, that, that'll come off at some point. Um, Yeah. Are you going half tights or are you going uh, split shorts? Usually half tights for a workout, uh, especially a track workout, to be honest. I I used to be all split shorts, but um, I don't know. I feel fast in half tights. It's it's been a trend on the team, too, to to kind of 
rep half tights for the yeah, workouts. Yeah. I don't know though, bro. So, I've uh from a distance for maybe too many years, I've loved your your like little thigh tat. And I know, I know the I half know. tights covers that up. I know that's the issue. I my philosophy right now is that anything it depends, five K and up, I'll usually do split shorts and anything below that, I'll do half tights. Okay, nice. Um so 10k I'm always in the split shorts. Is it the tree the, that's the on the thigh? Part. Uh, no, yeah, it, it, yeah it's a cross and then yeah. a person okay. Got it. with it, right? Uh, it says, uh, it's like symbols. It's God is greater than okay. the mountains and the valleys. Okay. Yeah. It's like a little, I'll have, yeah. to, I'll have to take a little sneak peek at some yeah. point. No, it's nice. Um, yeah, yeah. 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 Cool. Um, and then what, what shoes you putting on? Um, oh, probably next percents. Well, definitely next percents for workout. Yeah. 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 Not probably. Or dragonflies. Definitely. Dragon flies. definitely. I was, <laughs> That was a that was a little bit longer of a repeat. We'll go a really quick short <laughs> yeah. one. In, in one oh, word, describe Butterboys Track Club. Um, revolutionary. Whoa! Love it. Love They're it. gonna yeah. love that one. I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, you are. Ooh. Uh, this is this is gonna. I snuck one off Peter's list over here. Um, <laughs> what's uh you uh what's your go to long run spot? Like if you could if you could long run anywhere in the country, where would you long run at? Um, Waterton Canyon. Let's go! Yeah. Let's go! It's the correct answer. It's the correct it answer. Is. It's exactly I what I had on my list. I was like, I want to ask really about Waterton Canyon. <laughs> Perfect. I'm For those that don't know Waterton Canyon, uh, describe it. Why is it so beautiful? Why is it awesome? Oh, I mean, you're in this canyon. You're going slightly uphill, but not to the point you really notice it. So you're going yeah. downhill on the way back. Yeah. Let's go. Um, you're right next to this this river um super pretty and there's almost always like these uh bighorn sheep that'll come down off of the ravine onto the trail at some point interrupt the run interrupt the run but it's yeah it's just i don't know such like a encapsulation of colorado nature and everything running a long run should be about yeah, it's just perfect. Yeah, yep. uh, every time I go back to Colorado, even even this last weekend, I snuck down there at like four a.m. because I have I was playing in some tournament thing. But I was like, anytime I go back, I at least run a mile at Waterton Canyon. Yeah. But I try mm. to get all my long runs in there if I can. If yeah. I'm there. The mm. the the first time my dad took me fly fishing was at Waterton Canyon. Uh, didn't catch a single thing. <laughs> Um, but, yeah, uh, but we, we both, the, our long runs in college were at, were at Waterton. We would go, uh, we'd go nine oh, miles sweet. out. Uh, no, we would go no, eight miles out. It's eight seven miles. to the dam, right? Is it seven to the dam? Seven to the dam. It's yeah. like, yeah, it's like six and a half to be honest, like six and a yeah. half, okay. maybe seven. Yeah. yeah. It's seven, seven. If you right as you hit yeah. the Colorado trail, where like you're actually trail running it's seven. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. But that, actually that, to the, to the dam is like six yeah. and a half. Mm. It was always right, a, right. a big confidence booster workout for me because coach was always like, hey, just kind of conversation pace on the way out. Let let the slight incline do the job. And then on the way back, feel free to just kind of do what your body's feeling. And so uh, I don't know that I've felt more fast than coming down Waterton Canyon, just letting gravity pull. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's incredible. That's awesome. Feel, yeah. Makes me feel more fit than I am. Yeah, which 100%. is usually a good thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, next repeat. Mm-hmm. Staying, staying there in Colorado. Uh, tell me the just some. Mm, tell me the strongest part of Greg Copeland as a head coach. Mm. I mean, 
first thing that comes to mind is probably his faith um that he he's just a great guy yeah, yeah. really great mentor um to me as a person more than an athlete um he he puts that first so yeah, yeah. he yeah he has a great faith and that runs off yeah for those that don't know greg copeland would have been cole's uh head coach in high school and uh he's a good dude so mm. big yeah, fan of him yeah. What's a, what's a workout that always boosts your confidence? Uh, we usually do a workout at the beginning of the track season. It's 24 by 400, um, 30 seconds rest. And it's usually like low six, like mid to low sixties, first 10 or so 15. Um, and yeah, I just progressively pick it up, get down to like, little under sub 60 for the last however many so that right. it's just a fun workout to be honest it makes right. me feel fit because i'm doing that's awesome a lot of 400s yeah. yeah yeah yep um okay next uh next repeat uh i know of two instances maybe there's more i know of two instances where cole sprout has fallen over the finish line i think at the armory um and maybe yeah. like a high school race and uh and then yeah. a, a 5k pac-12 championships uh is this becoming a trend? Uh, tell like, uh, are you shooting to fall across the line now? No, that that was something I almost always did in high school um, because I, I, I don't know. I I just was, I think for a lot of races I was pushing myself past what I could really do, and so I yeah, we literally just like collapsed across the line because I, I was I was pretty exhausted two laps ago and then i had to close in <laughs> the next 800 so yeah um i've gotten better about that i think as of like actually developed more of a base in college um that doesn't happen as much but yeah i don't know For sometimes like if i'm just really not in shape or really push myself then i'm falling across the line probably it's okay, awesome Amazing. just can't be helped yeah yeah What's, uh, what's, uh, what's Cole, what, what can Cole be found doing, uh, on like the days off the, the evenings, the, I just, I'm going to do my hobbies thing. What, what, what's Cole doing? Um, hammocking, going to one of the fields on campus, playing spike ball, bagging rays, obviously. <laughs> rays. And yes, I love that term. I, I it's it so good. Too I've too never heard probably. it. I'm going to start using it all the time. <laughs> it's gonna be yeah. Great. Yeah. The kids are going to hate um, when they say it. Is that like, a, is that like a, you and the boys on the team? Is that kind of a, a phrase that's, that's coming out bag and raise, or is that just you? No, my dad always says it. Um, I don't, I don't know where he is got your it. Dad from, the coolest guy ever. I guess he is. Yeah. He is, but I don't know. That's just something, maybe it's like a Coloradoism um, that I just, I don't know. He got it somewhere. That's Maybe, awesome. I don't know. I'll have to ask him where he got that from, but cool. Yeah. I love that term. Anyways. Um, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, anyways. Uh, yeah. Quentin Tarantino or uh, a Spielberg film? Oh, probably Tarantino, honestly. Good choice. Hey, good choice. Yeah. Can you narrow it down to your favorite of his, I guess? Oh, no, not really. Um, I mean, I could if I had to <laughs> put me on the spot here. Sorry, here, let, let me help you out. We, we've got Inglorious Bastards, Django Unchained. You have The Hateful Eight. You've got Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. Um, oh. Kill Bill, Volume Kill 1 and 2. Kill Bill is a good one. Oh, Kill Bill is good. 
see i want to say pulp fiction but i, I don't want to be like i don't know i feel like that's but also it's it's kind it of also is like it's a classic for a reason you know yeah so that one or kill bill yeah. Yeah. yeah okay yeah I uh on so I like to to ride bikes. It saves my old legs from from falling apart too much. Uh, and I've spent uh many a long bike ride with uh the song from the fight scene in the snow at the end of Kill Bill Volume One. Mm-hmm. Uh, with a, a oh Lord, please don't let me be misunderstood. That song it it bangs. It's like nine <laughs> minutes long. Mm-hmm. It's great to just yeah. keep you in the zone while you're trying to ride hard. So oh, I'll have to try that. Yeah, yep, check it out the next sure. time you're on the the bike. Uh, okay, next awesome. repeat for you. Um, as you look at kind of the next wave of high school runners coming out, uh, give us one or two high school dudes that you're enjoying watching. Oh, that's pretty easy. Uh, Lex and Leo got to be. I mean, they're they're coming to Stanford this next year. So it's, here, I know I've got some stake in those guys. Um, yeah, it's cool watching them race. Yeah, yeah, they. I'm fun. excited for them, and they've that's been running awesome. well. It's and cool sick that you you got to be the guy that was the older prospective yeah. teammate that got to help them desire to come to Stanford instead of go join their brother at NAU or I know. Sweet. That's sweet. yeah. It is. Yeah. Tough sell, but we made it happen. There you go. So, let's go. That's bro. awesome. Let's go. Um, let's see. I, I think I've got I think I've got maybe one left. Okay. We'll see um, if I have one too. Um, let's see. Let me figure this out. I had it in my head and it just, it just fluttered away. It's okay. Um, mm. hmm. oh, uh, just a random question. What's your major? Oh, uh, it's called symbolic systems. It's, it's like a Stanford. I know <laughs> I, I go immediately into explaining what it is because no one ever knows what it is. Um, yeah, yeah. it's a Stanford only major. I'm pretty sure. Love it. And it's, it's basically a cross discipline between computer science and psychology, philosophy, and linguistics. So what I'm concentrating in is artificial intelligence. Um, so more so on the CS side, but still wow. like you get, yeah, learning like how the brain works and how um, just all of that like interacts and how CS has kind of been influenced through um how we think the brain works is is a cool a cool field i think um and then trying to like mimic and program these computers these you know things that don't understand what human language and communication is but you know trying to make them learn and understand language it's i don't know it's all cool to me that's incredible but very yeah difficult how many times every time you explain this how many people are like oh did you create chatbot gbt (laughs) (laughs) honestly not that many because people don't i don't think they have that much if people thought i created chat gbt then i mean i'll take it but no definitely i'm not even close to doing that Uh, on that level since you're living in that world you you might enjoy this i'm not living in that world anyway i got my degree in youth ministry so i'm definitely not living in the world you're living (laughs) in uh but uh, there's this incredible video on YouTube of um, uh, whatever the the chess the the chess bot playing against uh, Chat GPT, and uh, oh. just go check it out. I'll have Ben put it in the show yeah, notes. I was gonna, uh, I'm literally making a note of it right now. Uh, it's my goal in every episode is to to force Ben's hand to put something in the show notes, and that's what it's bot gonna be. Um, chess bot. 
uh, and and we'll, I'll just leave it at Chat GPT. Just starts making up new rules to the game of chess, and it's fascinating. Yeah, uh, it's- yeah. I'm doing a project on that in one of my classes this quarter, actually, where like Chat GPT, people most people call it like hallucinating, where it it creates its own facts and um, information. So you could ask it something, and it, you know, for the most part, it'll give you a right answer, but sometimes it'll just It'll just make it up and it won't tell you, you know, that, oh, I got this from wherever the source from, from so-and-so online. Um, but yeah, it, it'll make it up every now and then. So that's awesome. Okay. You see, should, uh, on your toes. you <laughs> should, you should look at, uh, just type in, ask chat GBT to make you a uh, hundred, a uh, hundred mile a week marathon training plan. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's actually pretty legit. Like I, I did it and it I was like, it. I could do this. I could, this is wow. legit. I was telling Ben, he needs to just create a, a YouTube channel of, of, uh, actually training <laughs> this chat GPT yeah. program and just, and just letting us know how it goes. Oh, that's awesome. I would watch that. If you do yeah, that I, for sure. Done. Amazing. Yeah. I'm subscribed. Amazing. 100%. Uh, my last uh, my last repeat for you is uh, if you could go on a long run with one present day or former um, kind of celebrity in the running world, who would it be? Mm. And this is a two hour this is a two hour long run. You're uh, you're, you're, you're going you're going for a while. It's it's slow conversation pace and you're going to get to talk life for a while. Ooh. Oh, you know. I think I'd say David Goggins. Um, he, he <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe I don't. No, want to. no like, you're amazing. You're amazing. Like you're 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 making all, all of our dudes. I mean, uh, at at team camp uh, before cross country season, like Goggins was was the phrase. Like <laughs> who's gonna carry the boat? Carry the boat. Who's gonna carry the boats? That's right. I've posted on Instagram before. Man, he's just inspirational. You know. Oh, I think that would be that would be insane. Yeah, I'd love to uh, it, it's not really in the in the nature of, of repeats to ask these uh follow-up <laughs> questions but like what what are you hoping to glean from him are, do you have like questions in mind uh that you oh. you want to hear his thoughts on or, or are you just or are you just banking on it's going to be a great run because he's just going to like be there i don't know <laughs> be there no i don't have any like specific questions but i don't know running is so mental like the fortitude and toughness he has and has developed. Like, I just want to learn like how, how he's done that. Like what are, what are the things he thinks of and, you know, uses to, to keep himself strong and motivated. Like, yeah, because the things he's done is, I don't know, I couldn't do it. Like, I want to know how that's possible. Yeah. Insane to me. Yeah. I'm sure you could apply it to 10 K's and I mean, yeah, in order to risk rate sure. factor right now. So yeah, exactly. Uh, let's do this as, as our time's running out and you've been incredible to give us your time. Uh, kind of just what's in the immediate future for Cole Sprout and the distance team at Stanford outdoors coming up. Yeah. What's, what's kind of goals and what do you have your eyes on? Hmm. Yeah. Outdoor starts this, this coming weekend, actually we are hosting a meet. Um, so yeah, I think the goal is just to be getting healthy and racing um, the next uh, next few weeks. Um, and then, you know, obviously towards the end of the year as we get towards NCAAs, um, put myself in a, the best position I can to 
go after a title and and you know compete compete against the the best dudes in the country so yeah and then from there i guess i don't know i might might try and race into the summer um cool. seeing as i didn't have much of an indoor season so yeah yeah, yeah. what's know. the what's the See focus going to be for that for ncaa's if, if you're getting healthy it's gonna be like mile 5k 10k i'm not really sure what your specific i know you're yeah quick in all of them but i yeah i i think probably last year did the 5k 10k double um which is tough i think Nasty. yeah it'll come down to how how i'm feeling racing um 5k versus 10k uh maybe i feel like i have a better shot in the 5k so i'll i'll just do that or maybe it's the other way around um in which case i'll probably do the 5k and 10k since cool. the 5k is afterwards so cool. yeah but are you excited. racing at this home opener uh no i i'm not i i have been running the past couple weeks but not really in the place slowly quite yet be, slowly ramping in you know getting into the spikes so yeah Love the it. next few weeks uh, i'll be out there great call Love hey, it. Cole, uh, we'll uh, we'll just kind of wrap up in these next five minutes uh just wanted to communicate my appreciation our appreciation to you so th- thanks for your humility mm-hmm. thanks for just for choosing to uh use even this uh podcast as another opportunity to uh, as a platform to yeah. make your faith known just to invite people into your story as a runner and and uh, I'm just like, Lord willing, that uh, this this episode would be encouraging for someone and and them dealing yeah. with this injury or that injury or considering running at the next level. Uh, yeah. And so it, it's really sweet for me that you would give us your time. Yeah, we're really it's really oh. we're really appreciative of it. So thanks so much, man. Yeah, no, thank you. No, I, I love I love any opportunity I have to get out talk about running, my faith, all of it. Um, yeah, I think what you said, like if it. It helps impact one person, you know. I, I think that's that's a success in my book. So, well, um, you got two, yeah. so you've doubled that yeah, number. Two. So, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, no, I mean, I, yeah, I, I love it. So, thank you for having me again. Yeah, I bro. had a great time. Well, sweet. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll be keeping our eyes peeled for, for Cole Sprout this outdoor season, sweet. and yeah. uh, we'll, we'll try to tune into some races. Yeah, man. Cool. Enjoy your it. enjoy your brunch that we haven't been able to eat yet. That's probably crazy. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, no. It's all good. Yeah, no. Thank you. You're awesome, bro. Yeah. I'll talk to you guys later.